0: Hello, and welcome to The Consumer VC. I am your host, Mike Gelb, and on this show, we talk about the world of venture capital and innovation in both consumer technology and consumer products. If you're enjoying this content, you could subscribe to my newsletter, theconsumervc.substack.com to get each new episode and more consumer news delivered straight to your inbox. Our guest today is Eric Walla, founder and CEO of Capsule. Capsule is a pharmacy that delivers your prescriptions the same day for free. We discussed the pharmacy visit changed his life and became the aha moment to founding Capsule. How he built conviction and understand that this was a real opportunity and one that he could execute on. How he thinks about the integration of technology and pharmacy, as well as his approach to expansion and scale. Without further ado, here's Eric. Eric, thank you so much for joining me here today. How are you?
1: Hey Mike, uh, I'm great. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for taking the time. So you started off your career in finance and as an investor. Was the goal always to become an entrepreneur or what kind of was your attraction to entrepreneurship?
1: Yeah, so I spent the early part of my career as an investor and I was investing, it's kind of funny, I was investing in retail companies and healthcare companies and tech companies and that combination of things, like when I was 25, didn't make any sense in the world, and now that I look back and connect the dots, that was maybe the perfect set of things to to start my career doing. But you know, I've always had a, a, a the entrepreneurial spirit. I grew up; my mom's an entrepreneur, and so I grew up sort of seeing her build her business. And so, you know, I didn't know, you know, I think there's a lot of different forms entrepreneurship can take, whether it's starting your own company or or building a new division of a company out. So I'd always had sort of the bug of you know all of the things. That entrepreneurship offers didn't know what format that would take and didn't candidly know what industry that would take, um, and so there wasn't sort of this grandmaster plan. You know, on this day and this year, I'm going to go start a company. I think my framework that I've learned in retrospect is sort of, and this is what happened to me. But I think like I think your head and your heart have to line up for you to really get like the the conviction to take the jump. Uh, and it's a jump for everybody. It was a jump for me too. Um, and so for me it was, you know, I had this terrible trip at, to the drugstore that I thought was the world's worst trip to the drugstore ever and, and and learned that it was pretty par for the course. But then I also started to kind of unpack the industry and really understood the mechanics of it and the industry dynamics and kind of harness my background as an investor. And so when those two things lined up for me, kind of my head part of I understand this industry and the heart part of like, I viscerally understand this friction point, I got Super excited, and um, maybe those were the things that let me overcome kind of the inevitable fear of doing the unknown. Um, so, so no grandmaster plan, but that was a little bit of the path.
0: No, that's cool. That's cool. Walk me through why that trip to the drugstore was just so horrible, and how that spurred on a capsule.
1: Literally everything you can think about going wrong went wrong for me. But I woke up one morning in 2015 with this throbbing headache and I called my doctor and he asked me a series of questions and he's like, oh, don't worry about it. You've got a sinus infection. I will call a prescription and go get it. And I was like, perfect. And I went out on this snowy uh, January day to this chain pharmacy around the corner from my house uh, on the Lower East Side of New York where I used to live. And I walked into the drugstore and I'm kind of like walking past aisles of greeting cards and candy bars and cigarettes and cleaning supplies and I can't actually even find the, the pharmacy part of this drugstore. And so finally somebody comes up and is like, can I help you? And I'm like, yes, I'm looking for your pharmacy. And they're like, oh, it's in the basement. I'm like, got it. I'm like, that's odd. And so I walk back, yeah, I walk to the back of this store and I get to this escalator, which is of course broken. And so I walk down this like broken escalator and I get to this dark, dingy basement Uh, and there's like 30 or 40 people in line ahead of me, and my cell phone's not getting signal in the basement. And I end up waiting in line for an hour and and finally get to the counter, and I ask the pharmacist, I'm like, hey, my doctor called in a Z-Pack. can I get it? And so she goes and is trying to find the prescription, and she comes back and is like, hey, I'm really sorry, we're out of stock. And I'm like, how are you out of stock? It's January, it's a Z-Pack." And so I end up trying to call my doctor and having him write it somewhere else. But of course, as I pull my cell phone out, to do this. My cell phone has died searching for signal in the basement. So I ended up just going home and went to bed, no medication in hand. And I woke up the next morning and just started unpacking that experience. You know, it's just like, how does this work? Why is it so bad? Like, Is this the case for everybody? But that was sort of the, the spark for me to start kind of pulling on the thread. Uh, That's awesome.
0: What about that experience, because it sounds dreadful through and through, did you want to like change the most? that really was like the one kind of insight that like spurred for capsule.
1: It's a great question and actually I get asked this question all the time which is what's the magic sauce of capsule? Like what's the secret sauce? Like why do people love it? Like why are people on social media being like I love a pharmacy because that's kind of like a bizarre thing if you really think about it. And the true answer is that there is no one thing and that actually the secret is that you have to get a lot of different things that are high friction. And you have to solve all of them so that the end-to-end experience is frictionless. So it's not just, I don't know the price of my medication until I pay for it. It's not just the average wait time at a chain pharmacy is an hour. And it's not just that 40% of the time people go to the pharmacy, their medication's out of stock. And it's not just that I don't want to ask a question with half of New York City hearing all my personal medical details in line behind me. It's all of those things in aggregate together that create all of the frustration and the friction that exists with with the pharmacy. And so systematically understanding, one, what are all of these friction points, and there's more than the ones I mentioned. And then systematically, how do you solve them using design and technology um, to create something that's simple, easy, and delightful.
0: No, totally, and I appreciate you unpacking all those friction points that eventually came to Capsule. Was it also a moment, since it seems like this was Quite a eureka moment for you in and just figuring out there's so much friction here, just going and quite simply what you should be able to do quite simply is go pick up a Z pack. Was this like, hey, I'm gonna quit my job the next day and start this, or what was or was it kind of like a slow process to kind of realize and to kind of build like confidence into actually creating what eventually became capsule?
1: I think that the journey is, you know, I had this this experience, it stuck with me that it was so terrible. I was fascinated to learn more about why it was so bad, just really as a, just as a sort of a naturally curious person. And as I started unpacking that, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And every thread I pulled, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like there's 70,000 pharmacies in America. Like, huh, why are there so many? And then you're like, wait, this is really weird. Like, why does the same place sell you like things that can make your blood pressure go up and medicine to make your blood pressure go down? That's odd. Like, how did that evolve? Like, why why is there a bodega and a pharmacy together? And what's the role of the pharmacist? And oh my god, I didn't know pharmacists went to school for six years and doctors go to school for eight years. That's really interesting. And I, I just started kind of understanding all these things and then started formulating a, a view on. Okay, well. If you were to start this from scratch today, what would the ideal experience look like? And started mapping that out. And once I had a kind of a view in my head about, okay, this is what I think great looks like. And that's through a combination of talking to consumers and talking to doctors and understanding like the broader healthcare system. But once I had a view around, okay, this is how I think you could solve this problem in a way that's 10 times better than what exists today. Then I started to try to figure out, like, okay, this is sort of like the end state. Can you do this? And how would you go about doing it? Like, is it legal? What are the regulatory requirements? How much money would you need? What kind of team would you need? And once I started wrapping my head around those things, I felt really confident that um, this was something that I wanted to spend, you know, the next 10 or 20 years of my life solving. And I think it kind of goes back to that head and heart piece. The heart piece is very visceral in the moment, like you know this exists and it's a problem because you faced it. And then the rest of it is, you know, can you make a business out of it and can you make a, a big and impactful company out of it? And so it would say it was pretty short order. It wasn't quit me quitting my job the next day and it wasn't me spending, you know, a year kind of gaining conviction on it.
0: So once you did Gain conviction as you're talking to consumers and really just educating yourself about, as you mentioned, the role of the pharmacist, how pharmacies has has evolved or maybe haven't evolved. I mean, that's the reason why capsule came into the picture. When you did decide to eventually take the leap, what were the first steps that you had to do?
1: So one of the things that's really interesting, and, and this business is a little bit unique in that at least the solution that I had devised up front that I thought solved the problems or the set of problems You know, it's different from something that's purely digital because, in that case, like I probably would have done less market research. I would have just built something and put it out in the world and let consumers guide the feedback and just iterate from there. Here, the first thing that, you know, I decided that we need to do was to build an actual pharmacy. And so, to do that, you need money, you need money to sign a lease. And so, once, uh, and you need a pharmacist. Uh, and so those were some of the first things that I set out to was to, to go find you know an amazing pharmacist who was entrepreneurial and who had you know, who kind of represented the brand that I thought would land in the market and that what the change should be in the industry, and then also to go you know, get some early capital to go build a pharmacy to build a technology and build a team out. and so those were the first two things that I did. Got it. That sounds pretty overwhelming.
0: I mean, going out and actually building a pharmacy and and managing actual physical real estate. What were maybe some of the challenges when you were actually building um, Capsule the Pharmacy? And why did you also choose? And and was it regulatory reasons that you didn't choose to maybe build
1: Capsule first online and then build a pharmacy later? I think a couple things. One, in terms of like why we decided to build our own pharmacy, now we obviously have you know, many, many, many pharmacies across the U.S., but I think that fundamentally, because there's so many friction points that exist from the time your doctor writes a prescription to the time it gets in your hands, the ability to control every one of those elements and to shape them and design them the way that the consumer should be able to experience them was really important. So a lot of it was around just how do we control the entire experience end-to-end and made the decision that by owning the pharmacy that was the best way of of delivering the highest quality experience to doing that. And so, you know, the, the problem to solve wasn't delivery. The problem to solve is that the end-to-end experience is high friction. Um, and I think if I had thought that the problem to solve was delivery, then I probably wouldn't have built a pharmacy out. We would have used other people's pharmacies. But it turns out other people's pharmacies are not very good. And so to really, to really nail that consumer experience and to nail the experience for doctors and the rest of the healthcare system, we believe fundamentally that you need to own... The the pharmacy and build that in a way that is modern and what modern consumers demand, Um, and then you know building the pharmacy out. um, Sonia, who is the first person that joined the team, she's our chief pharmacist, is an amazing pharmacist. Represents the brand um, and the warmth and caring and trust that you want from a pharmacist. Um, She built she built the pharmacy out and she figured it out, Uh, and that's the amazing thing about starting a company is you get to do all of these things that you've never done before, and and you got to do it pretty fast, and so. She figured out how to find general contractors and, like, board of pharmacy permits and, you know, all of the things that you got to do to, to kind of get a pharmacy from a, an empty store to a place you can dispense uh, medications out of. We did start digital first. So we, we have a physical pharmacy because that's where we dispense uh, and store all of our medications from. But, you know, the early days, it wasn't people coming into that location. That was our, where we keep and store the drugs and dispense them. But we also built out you know the second step as we started getting the pharmacy build out going is we started building all the technology out to so the consumer experience the app all the back end technology that powers the pharmacy and that was the second person that you know after Sony that joined the team was our uh, head of engineering and and so we started investing in you know all of that and so you know from day 1 it's been digital first
0: got it so then how did you also think about the customer experience online since I mean, obviously you can buy all sorts of things online but how did you develop like that consumer trust early on? How did you kind of think about approaching that if that makes sense?
1: Super important. Um, I think consumer trust in healthcare is is paramount and part of that's you have to have a brand and a consumer experience and a user experience that conveys trust and I think that's a lot of it. And then I think the other way you convey trust is that you actually deliver on the promise that you say you're going to deliver on. So if that's we're going to make sure that we answer your question in a really thoughtful an informative way, if that means we're going to deliver on time, if that means we're going to pick up the phone when we say we're going to pick up the phone, right? It's all of those positive repeat interactions that build trust with the consumer and just making sure things are seamless and they work really well. And I think there's a higher bar in healthcare to get started. I think it's hard to put out sort of a, you know, a half-baked product and get and get a real read because people do have a higher bar for things they are engaging with with their healthcare.
0: How did you explain the big opportunity where you didn't yet have any sales? um, It was still very very early on, and so I just would love to kind of hear like like the early innings.
1: One of the not nice things, but one of the fortunate things is that if you go into a room of people and you ask them how many of you have been to the pharmacy recently to get a prescription you know 60 70% of the people will raise their hands and then you say how many of you enjoyed that experience you couldn't pay people to raise their hands you know in 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 that moment and so i think it's a problem that everyone intuitively has experienced and it's a frustration that everyone has experienced at some point in their life so that i think is is sort of good in that it's a it's a pain point and a friction point that many 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 people can relate to and then i think the the work was and remains and is in explaining how this like crazy, complicated, archaic, opaque industry works, and how do you actually go about solving it. but I think the you know I think in the early days, you know I think most investors are looking for you know a handful of things, like are you solving a real problem? Is the market you're going after or is the market that you're going to be building you know large you know as you are you as the entrepreneur? Um, do you have a great team, or can you build a great team? And I think th- at the very earliest days, I think that's what folks are are really betting on. Because, as you know, you know you don't have a product, you don't have revenue, you don't have, you know, you don't have a whole lot of proof points. Um, and so, I think our early team um, was was really kick ass. Um, it's a huge market, and it's a it's a frustration point that everyone can relate to.
0: Walk well, me through a little bit of like the industry and what you had to do when it came to relationship building, whether it's with doctors, insurance agencies. Like, what did you have to do in order for to make sure that you passed through the regulatory requirements, and, and and also how you went about building relationship with uh with doctors.
1: So one of the really interesting things about the pharmacy is that it sits at the very middle of the healthcare system. So consumers engage with the pharmacy, doctors write prescriptions. So the pharmacy can engage and rely on pharmacists for their advice around, you know, what medications to prescribe and dosing. Um, Insurance companies pay for all of the medications. Drug companies make all of the medications. And so the pharmacy really sits at the intersection of all of these things. And and all of those stakeholders are uh, important um, in terms of how they sort of come together with the pharmacy at the center of it. And so we went out in the early days and built relationships with doctors to understand how they, you know, what their experiences are with pharmacies and, uh, what their frustrations are met with a number of insurance companies and and understood sort of what they were looking for and what their frustrations were with the current system and we met with a bunch of um, folks that make drugs and and try to understand those things and then you know the business is, is fairly regulated it's regulated at a local level, a state level and a federal level and so we you know we were able to navigate all of those things to make sure all the things that we're doing were were you know on the up and up How did you also approach?
0: Growth the early days. Obviously, you started out in New York City, but how did you think about um, expanding into different areas?
1: The very early days, and I suspect like a lot of businesses, the very early days were were purely organic. It was our friends, it was our family, and then you know that started to kind of spiral outwards uh, in terms of people really loving the experience and then raving about it to their you know to their friends and family, and then those people would sign up and use it. Um, and then an interesting thing happened, which is. Along the way, you know, some of those friends and family and referrals of those friends and family were doctors. And doctors started using it for themselves. And then the doctors started saying, wow, this is really wonderful. I should probably start recommending this to my patients. And we're like, oh, that's really interesting. And so we started basically uh, understanding you know, why doctors wanted to recommend it to their patients and then started basically you know, scaling that behavior through a sales team. Uh, but those were the early days, was a lot of word of mouth from both consumers and doctors and then we started doing, you know, brand advertising. And then we built out a, you know, we built out a sales team to go help educate doctors and their staff about why, why, and how capsule solves not only the consumers' pain points but also the doctors' pain points. And then we were pretty disciplined, um, which is probably rare for any sort of tech back VC back startup, you know, operating in, you know, 2015 to 2021. But we kept the business in New York. For about four years, and we're really disciplined about making sure we just perfected the consumer experience we perfected the experience for doctors, um, we got the unit economics of the business right, and once we felt like we kind of had nailed those things, we we decided it was time to you know very aggressively scale the business across the country, which is basically what we 're doing now
0: in the early days, what was it? Most about your product? Um, I mean, obviously, we've talked a lot about the number of pain points, but why did doctors love your product so much in the very early days?
1: I think it's two things. I think one is that doctors love it because their patients love it. So that's one, right? Like people become doctors to help other people. And so anytime that a doctor can do something that helps you know, her patient, it's very gratifying for that doctor. Um, and then the second is that we'd built out and, and continue to build out a, a set of tools that are embedded in all of our internal systems that help reduce a lot of the friction with you know with the pharmacy for the doctor. And so one of the first conversations I remember having with the doctor was like, hey, tell me about your experience with the pharmacy. And the doctor was like, look, think about it. For you as a consumer, maybe you go to the pharmacy once or twice a month, um, and that is frustrating. My staff and I are interacting with the pharmacy like 20 or 30 times a day. And so if you can help us streamline those things, that would be... You know, much appreciated, and so we, you know, we spend time on the product and engineering side, investing in, in things that can help the doctor experience, you know, as seamless of an experience as a consumer can with, you know, with that, you know, with all the things that the pharmacist and the pharmacy interacts with, you know, on the doctor side. So think about my own experience, right? So I'm in line at this pharmacy, and think about if my if my cell phone hadn't died. So I'm in line at this pharmacy. I've kind of stepped out of line. I'm calling my doctor. And I'm like, hey doc, you know what's up? It's like uh, seeing a patient. I'm like, okay, cool, don't care. I'm in line at the pharmacy. Can you help me find another pharmacy that has my medication in stock? And and the doc's like, no, I'm not really well equipped to call around pharmacies for you to help you find something that's in stock. Well, it's like, well, how am I going to find a pharmacy in stock? I'm in this basement without cell phone service and you got to call a new prescription in somewhere. right? So that would be one example of that. But it could be everything from like, doc, my insurance doesn't cover this, to this is really expensive, to... You know, I don't understand how to take this to I need refills. Like there's all of these things that happen in this triangle between the doctor, the consumer, and the pharmacy. And a lot of it is anything that goes wrong at the at the pharmacy counter for the consumer at some point ends up back in the doctor's lap. And the doctor not because they don't want to help, but the doctor's just not well-equipped to answer these questions. And really the pharmacy should be, should be quarterbacking those things and making sure that things that the consumer needs to do are getting done and things that the doctor needs to get done are getting done and, and really be managing that process and making it easy for both the consumer and the doctor.
0: Did you have any surprising customer feedback, positive or negative, that maybe you were even solving like a pain point that maybe you didn't even think about that you were solving?
1: One of the earliest pieces of feedback that I remember a customer sharing that I think really gave us the confidence that we had built something that was high trust, maybe to your earlier question, but I remember being in the pharmacy um, with Sonia you know, in the evening one day, sort of right after we launched, uh, and this woman texted in a question or chatted in this question, which was sort of like, hey Sonia, can I take uh, iron supplements while I'm pregnant? and then there was this dot, 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 by the way, my husband doesn't even know I'm pregnant yet, you're the first person I'm telling. And it was this incredible moment where you're like, oh my God, we've built this consumer experience that has engendered this, such a high degree of trust where people are you know, really comfortable asking really important questions about their life. And so that was like an anecdote that I think was really important in terms of like, okay, this makes a lot of sense in terms of people really like engaging with their healthcare, with a human, but in a private and secure and discreet way where they have control over that experience. That's just an amazing, amazing story.
0: I guess zooming out, you know, there's now been a lot of DDC healthcare companies that have kind of come into play in the past few years. What do you think about just on a macro level, like the future of of
1: healthcare? That's a big question. Look, look, I think healthcare is so broad, it's hard to totally generalize, but... I think a couple things that I'm really excited about, I'm excited about healthcare becoming simpler. Simpler for people to understand, simple for people to engage with and get the care they need and simpler to pay for. I think those are kind of three things that have been really complex and convoluted. Getting good advice and information from a place you trust is hard. Um, I think having a trusted partner over time in your healthcare is really hard. You don't always have a healthcare need at at every given moment. So who's there when you do have it? And can you trust that individual to be helpful in that moment? And is that going to be simple and easy? Because usually when you have a healthcare need, you're in some format of like being nervous or vulnerable or frustrated. And the last thing you need is the person that you're trying to get advice or help from to kind of create more barriers and complexity for you. So I think all of that should be simple. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about the fact that healthcare is finally digitizing, uh, as one way of making things simpler. Uh, and I think that's happening in a lot of different parts of healthcare. That's really promising. Um, I think there's uh, some really cool innovations going on around how healthcare gets compensated. And I think this idea that if you go to your doctor ten times a year uh, versus once a year, your doctor makes ten times more money. I think that 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 model is starting to move away from from just the more you go, the more everyone makes to the people that are the best at taking care of people are the ones that earn the most money. I think that's a really powerful incentive structure um, that will happen. And then I think there's some really cool things going on, you know, on the hard science side of things in, in genomics um, and, some other, and some other places in terms of just really understanding, you know, on a very personalized and individual level how I'm different from you're different um, and how, you know, how that flows through through. Drug development and treatment plans and and all of those things. And so I think capsule sitting at you know a lot of the intersection of of a lot of different themes, um, and, and and so hopefully creates you know a lot of opportunity for us to you know continue innovating.
0: What's one book that inspired you personally, and one book that inspired you professionally?
1: Uh, there might be the same book, but I'll give you two book recommendations. Uh, there's a book that we give everybody that starts a capsule. It's called uh, On the Wings of Eagles. It's this amazing true story. About Ross Perot and when he was running his company, and uh, and the Iran hostage crisis, and how just his commitment to his team uh, and his loyalty to his team, and so uh, I won't give away the book, but it's just an amazing one. It's just an amazing story. It's an amazing adventure story, but two, it's just an awesome, awesome example of what uh, an amazing leader, an amazing company culture. Like you know, people talk about having their teammates' backs. Like this is the ultimate version of that. Um, so that's a book that's really inspiring that we we share with everybody, both because it's just a great read and it's fun, um, but also because I think aspirationally as a culture, it's a good place to think about, you know, can you build a culture that would that would do that, for, you know, where people would do that for one another that's one and then the other book that I really like is the checklist Manifesto which started out as a healthcare book um, written by a you know a, a clinician but I just think it's the simplicity of the book in terms of just how important and simple something like a checklist can be in terms of saving lives whether that's uh, airline pilots that religiously use uh, checklists to make sure that you know things that are supposed to happen are happening um, or uh, surgeons that use them to make sure that they're doing all the right things. I just think something back to kind of sometimes the simplest tool is the best tool. Uh, those, are, those are two books that really resonate with me.
0: I love that. Um, oh, I'm really excited to also add these to our book list. I don't think any guest before has brought up these two books, so you're very original here, Eric. My final question for you is: maybe what's one piece of advice you have for founders that who are currently building?
1: Uh, I think the biggest the biggest advice is just to go back to that source. You know, what's the heart? You know, if if, if you believe that head and heart have to align to build something big over time, um, it's just like when things get tough, uh, which they will. Uh, go back to that original source of inspiration that you and only you know is is just you know factually true in the world, and use that to to power through you know all of those moments. That's probably the big you know. That's probably the best advice I have. I love that, love
0: that. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I, it was great chatting with you. Likewise, thanks for having me. And there you have it. It was amazing chatting with Eric. I hope you all enjoyed it. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you'd write a review on the Apple Podcasts. You're also welcome to follow me, your host Mike, on Twitter at MikeGelb, and also follow for episode announcements at consumer vc. Thanks for listening, everyone.